Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact. They are inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Tina Firewolf. Tina's life walk has taken her down many roads from being a biologist, training two-toed sloths, teaching scuba diving, inspiring middle school students through science and wild adventure travels. Today, as an author, energy medicine practitioner, self-leadership consultant, empowerment speaker, intuitive sound healer, ordained interspiritual minister, self-taught photographer, and artist, she's dedicated to the continual deepening of her own connection to her wise self within and to the remembering of her, her ancientness. Tina believes that enlightenment skills are for everyone, and she shares her tools, tips, and tales empowering us to remember our ancientness while navigating our humanness with a light heart and deeper understanding. Tina now ignites others to remember and understand themselves more fully through her soul direct energy sessions, self-leadership kivas, workshops, feral fire drum circles, sacred site sound healings, and through her speaking and writing. She walks in both worlds as a human being and a connected soul on fire for life. So welcome to the podcast, Tina. It's wonderful to have you here. Yay. Hi, Ursula. <laughs> so uh, what is it that drew you to to build such a unique business? It's You've had such an interesting, interesting background in teaching and your own exploration. How did you come to this work that you're doing now in, it, in, it, in the form that it is? Well, you know, I think it built me. <laughs> I, I really don't know if I had much choice, but um, it, it's more like I was just kind of going through life really fluidly for about 28 years. And then I started just getting a lot of pressure to sort of buy in and fit in. And then uh, I spent about eight years really worrying about fitting in, and that began what I just consider the death of my soul and uh, a great disconnect. Mm -hmm. And I heard very clearly one day, I was sleeping, and I heard it so loudly that I, it woke me up, and I heard, wake up or you will get cancer. Wow. And, yeah, it was powerful. And I sat straight up in bed, I was wide awake, and I said, who said that? And I heard it again, but this time I heard it really, you know, just kind of like matter of a fact, like really annoyed, like, look, I'm just here delivering this message, either listen or not. I really don't care. And that it was their tone that really freaked me out. Hmm. And, and I heard it again, wake up or you will get cancer. And I was like, 
what the heck? And I realized that I was wide awake and so that it meant something much deeper and bigger. And as that started happening, a whole host of very, you know, for lack of a better word, mystical experiences began to happen and all the gifts that I had as a child, all my abilities to interact um, with nature and with the world at a, at a very deep and profound level began opening up again for me. And, you know, whether I was, you know, my psychic abilities, healing abilities, being able to access multiple dimensions and frequencies and on and on and on and on. I, you know, whatever you want to call it, all of it started opening up at one time. And it became a real wild ride of self-discovery, self-leadership, you know, and, and I just realized at that same time, I was learning to be human and to navigate this incredibly wild spiritual awakening, if that's what you want to call it. So I was gaining self-leadership skills as a, as a science teacher and assisting my students and also gaining those and grounded in a very scientific perspective because that's my background. And at the same time, I was expanding on, you know, on this like level that I really didn't quite realize existed. And so it became necessary for me to navigate myself. And so all of this began with me healing myself and me navigating my own humanness, which led me to write my first book called Beneath the Chatter. It's contemplative photography. And then that just led into the other things that I offer folks. So it, it really became, it, it really just started very organically for me to just save myself basically <laughs> and, and retrain myself. Yeah. So it started uh, as an inner journey and really moved out from there. And you, and I know from our conversations, you've really feel like you're really tapping into something much bigger. Is that, is that fair oh, to yeah. say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. people's, People's souls come directly to me and they basically say, hey, look, you know, this is <laughs> this is what you're going to work on today. And then I connect to whatever what I just call the, the soul of all things, because I can't define it. It's in, it's indefinable. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, for me, whatever I'm tapping into is, a, is an infinite source of love and it is very powerful to transform. And um, I'm finding that this is not only good for the individual, but it's also enhancing people's events that they're putting on. And so oftentimes I'm being brought in to um, to bring this, uh, what I call my cool fire. You know, I can bring my coolness or I can bring my fire, whichever one you want, or sometimes both uh, to, to various events as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you recently, you and I worked together at an event that I had a retreat and uh, it, was, it was certainly a powerful experience. So is, do you feel that that's, what makes your business unique or special that it's so um, connected to this fire energy? Well, you know, I feel like what makes it unique is that it's grounded mm. in science and self-leadership skills. It's very, very real. It's very raw and real. And I'm extremely honest with people about my own process and what I'm learning and how I integrate things and how I make everyday enlightenment possible for myself. And I feel that that groundedness gives people, you know, a really nice place to root. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I'm able to really expand 
at the same time. And we can go into, you know, the quantum, if that's what you want to call it. We can go into these these places, um, you know, where people access from um, from a lot of training and practice. And, and, you know, for me, that's just I grew up on a farm. And so I grew up extremely uh, contemplative and in a deep way uh, already in a in a sense practicing this kind of work Mm. so I think that for me that I feel like that that balance between the human aspect and the groundedness and the the energetic sort of expansive part of everything that I do makes it quite unique Mm -hmm. yeah it's really that being able to move from this very solid foundation and then explore from there Right, because I yeah. think people need to feel safe, mm-hmm. and they need to know how. And I'm since I was a teacher for eight years, you know, I really watched my students struggle because they would be told things like "change your attitude," and I'd say to them, "Would would you change your attitude if you knew how?" And they just they just look at me because I realized that how that piece of how was really missing in the leadership component and in in the spiritual world as well. There's a lot of, you know, these pretty little sayings floating around on Facebook, but how do you reach that? How do you get there if you're really a negative person or you're struggling or, you know, whatever it is. And so between me teaching the how and having this nice balance I really feel it's a nice uniqueness that I offer. Yeah. Well, is one of the things I've been talking with people about, and this is this is something that I believe about having impact, it is that it's very much informed by people's values and what they hold as important or sacred. And how is your business a reflection of your values? And what way have you brought your values into your business? Or do you see it completely differently? Uh, no, I, I think that's great. You know, I mean, for me, it's very important that people remember that they remember their ancientness, that they remember that they have a life force and that it's connected to everything. And that that's a very scientific perspective. That is not mystical woo woo. I mean, if you it, it can be measured, life force can be measured. And if we can remember the power that we contain then we have access to everything, everything that ever was, will be, or, you know, ever, ever, completely ever existed in the universe. We actually have access to that. And the more we can experience ourselves, our true nature, and remember that true nature, then I feel we are empowered to be our own healers, to be our own gurus, whatever it is. And it's just a matter of really remembering and getting tapped back into that solid place inside. And so, you know, for me, that's that's just one, a very important part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And is that what you mean by ancientness for people that maybe aren't clear what you mean by that? Can you talk a bit more about that, the ancientness there for me you know having grown up so connected to nature i just feel like there is this primal force that's in everything mm-hmm. and and we contain a piece of this primal force so when we can tap into our own primal force or our own ancientness that remembering is there in everything and we just need to remember how to ask and how to interface with 
with the all, whatever you wish to call that. I mean, some people call it God. Everybody seems to have a word for it. I, I do my best to stay out of any kind of definitions, and I allow people to have that for themselves. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a very important thing that I feel I bring. Everything that I bring is in addition to whatever kind of is already working for you. Sure. Um, but for me, that key piece of remembering and being empowered to remember is, is vital. And that ancientness, I mean, it's, it's just who we are. We're of the earth and we're all native. There's no way we can't be. All of our ancestors at one point in time were, um, were a native tribe of some nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, certainly we're, we're, and we're connected in a way that we don't always feel or don't recognize. Right. And I really just like, you know, for me, I want people to remember because there's no need for anybody that's um, that looks native to validate you. And there's no need to be certified and all these things that I watch people doing. I'm like, uh, excuse me, nobody, nobody has to tell me I'm connected to the earth. I live on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm born from it. I'm made up of carbon. Like the, the elemental structure of who I am is of the earth. Mm-hmm. I am ancient. I, I don't need um, I don't need a, a an intermediary to to connect to my own ancientness that I am, and this is something that I bring. That knowing is so strong in me that I I can crystallize my intention and assist others to learn to do so. That's great. Well, what are the ways that you feel that your work impacts your your clients? How do you feel that they're affected by it, or or how is it positively shifting something for them in working with you? I think it gives people a full experience. You know, there's a difference between gaining knowledge and tapping into your own wisdom. And when people experience themselves, whether it's through one of my sacred site sound healings where we travel to various sacred sites and and remember our own sacred sound that wishes to come out. And that once they start to hear themselves, they just look at me like, whoa, that's coming out of me. And I'm like, yes, it is. You know, <laughs> that's how powerful you are. Right, this right. is that, this is that remembering. And so whether it's their ancient rhythm that they remember uh, and their primal nature, they remember at, at the um, ignition nights I do, that which are my feral fire circles, um, you know, it's it's just this, for me, it's the experience that I'm able to give people because I'm tapping people into their soul and they learn to have that connection back into that deep knowing of that they already have inside of themselves. So, you know, whether I'm at your at your event and I'm assisting in transforming folks into that space of stillness and silence inside of themselves or that place of fire and power inside of themselves. It just, it just enhances all the knowledge that you perhaps were giving at your, at your event so that folks can actually integrate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is so important that weaving back and forth between knowledge and the practical and things on an energetic level on a, on a more, global or or a a bigger level higher level i guess for lack of a better word yeah absolutely because it's about um integration it's about that you know you're gaining knowledge you're 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 practicing things you're you're making strategy and all this 
but you have to be able to fully integrate it and then be able to experience it so that you can then express it. Mm -hmm. And I come in where I come in is I'm assisting folks in the integrating and the experiencing so that they can, you know, fully grok what they're getting from whatever you're offering, not necessarily you, but anyone. And, um, and then they can go and fully express their soul with, with whatever they wish to do. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that this work is is having an impact in the larger world beyond just the one-to-one or small group interactions or, or larger group interactions that you have with clients? Do you feel that it's, it's got a, it has a bigger impact beyond even that? It's my intention that it does. It, it, this is the year that I was told to reach a broader audience. You know, I'm like, this is the year for the broader audience. And so the audience is expanding each, you know, each day. I'm always moving, stepping out more, stepping out more, trying to uh, expand my reach. But my, my vision is that everyone has enlightenment skills. And I, I, I really feel that enlightenment is a set of skills that we're missing in addition to that the ability to experience and expand ourselves. So, so yes, I mean, absolutely. I, I do feel that, you know, it, it might be a little bit slower of a process than perhaps I would like it to be. But my goal is that everyone has enlightenment skills and that this is a worldwide um, ex- expression for everyone. Mm, that's great. Do you talk about this impact that you want to have, your intentions in your marketing? Do you talk, do you share it with your clients in conversation? Has that been a conscious choice that you've made? Um, Since we're talking mainly to a, a, an audience of entrepreneurs, they, uh, they have an interest in how are other people putting their impact into action in their, in their businesses. So it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on that. Right, right. You know, it's interesting. My soul leads me through the marketing. I uh, I do all my own marketing and, and, you know, design and, you know, photography and all of it. And it's just the most interesting process to watch because if I can stay out of my own way, everything just unfolds. And I'm like, oh, look at that. Hmm, the flyer's finished. And, and oh, I'm supposed to do this or contact that person or, or whatever. And it just the impact is felt. People, when they experience me, whether I'm at an event or they meet me on the street or, you know, I I was at Ace Hardware the other day and I had this gentleman walk up to me and he goes, oh, aren't you Tina Firewolf? And I just about died laughing. And I thought, hmm, okay, well, my impact's reaching the community anyway. You know, (laughs) it might not be worldwide, but Ace Hardware knows who I am. (laughs) I'm la- I was laughing to myself and I said to him, how did you know? And he goes, oh, well, you know, I, it's the talk, you know, and I just started laughing. And because I think it's just really felt people know I have a mission when they meet me. It, it's like flames come out of my eyes or something. I don't know. But it's um, my heart has uh, a strong desire to free the world from fear and, I, and, 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 and every time I say it, people look at me like I'm nuts, but it's absolutely what I know I'm here to be doing. And I'm doing it in a variety of ways and um, make, doing my best to have fun while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love that, that your heart has a strong desire to free the world from fear. And we certainly 
uh, are so much held back, not only in business, but in life by fear. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it, as far as marketing goes, if you want to speak directly to marketing, if people can't feel you, you're either not letting yourself out fully and you're trapped in fear or, you know what I'm saying? Fear of who you really are and what right? you really want to be doing yes, or yes. you're not really doing the right thing. You're lining up with something that isn't, you know, you're trying to be something you're really not. And a lot of times I find if we aren't being drugged <laughs> into what we want to do, kicking and screaming, then we probably aren't really doing the authentic thing mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of fear I have found around being really authentic. And when the when that authenticity is there, the marketing just happens. I mean, I don't find that I market myself. I find that I share myself. And I share my joy and I share my fire and I ignite people wherever I'm at because I'm passionate about what I do. And by doing that and being that, there is marketing. Yeah, and it's a powerful experience for people who are are in that the presence of that kind of energy. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's very different from slogging your way through all the stuff you quote unquote, have to do around. Right, marketing. right. And yeah. if you don't, I, I mean, I believe firmly, if you don't have that energy for it, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah, I think sometimes there's a perception or, or a shift that needs to happen in how people look at marketing, because there's often fear around, oh, I have to put myself out there. And then authenticity just becomes another item on your to do list. I, I recently wrote a blog about that. And it's oh, not <laughs> it's not about that. It's not one more no. thing that you have to do. It's it's the only thing you have to do. It's who you are. If yeah. you have to try to be authentic or you don't know who your authentic self is, I highly recommend you give me a call and we discuss um, some sort of work together because <laughs> it, it really, uh, you know, for me, as I began to excavate my true authentic self, I, I spent about 15 years alone in the woods doing my work on me before I ever brought any of this out to the public because, well, one, I was afraid to death of myself and my own power, and two, I needed to figure out what my medicine was, and my medicine is my authenticity. It is the passion. It is my, my ability to, to share myself so raw and honestly with folks. Um, my stories that I tell are very healing for people. The sounds that I produce, the singing is very healing for people. But I didn't sit down and go, oh, I think I'm going to sing. I, I am sung. I am written. I am spoken. And that's the part you want to get to. You want to tap that. You want to tap into that part so that your business becomes um, just effortless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the best writing I've ever done is where I, I read it afterwards and go, Wow, that was really wise. I wonder who wrote that. So. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, how did this desire to, I mean, I, I see you really as an, someone who's making positive change in the world. And how did that desire to do that evolve? Is that something that you started off feeling or did you develop that approach or in, in your self-exploration? I think it was really when um, I had a, a, a pretty ex extreme, powerful, profound, I'm not sure I'm trying to find the word, experience when I was about 28, which took me off my path of fluidity. You know, this I was living this like 
absolutely effortless, light-filled life. And then I made a decision um, that, you know, was pretty conscious. And like I said, I was dealing with a lot of um, stress and, and pressure to fit in and conform and all this. And so I tried it for eight years. And I, I believe that 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 happened so that I could have the compassion and understanding for folks that have been trapped there for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And once I got into this world of, uh, you know, being trapped, I, I had to find my own way out. And I remember when I was teaching, I, I just was kind of like, Hmm, okay, well, this is it, huh? And I, and I loved my students. It wasn't that I didn't, I just, the, the, the educational system itself, just in my mind really isn't working very well. And I was very ill and a lot of people I, I was with were very ill. And, and so I started sort of interviewing um, seasoned teachers that had been there for 20 years or more, trying to figure out like, how were they doing it? You know, how were they hanging in there all these years? And, and they were giving me advice like, oh, just suck it up, have fun on the weekends. Like, oh, Thanksgiving's coming. And I, I remember thinking, wow, okay, so, I'm supposed to be miserable most of my life and wish it away most of the other part of my life. And it was, it was necessity. You know, I was in it going, okay, there's gotta be a better way. Yeah. And there has to be something I'm missing that I'm struggling so badly and that I'm suffering so much. And that was when a little boy said to me in my class, he said, why doesn't anyone tell us these things? <laughs> wow. I'll never forget it. I taught at a low income school uh, in a very rough place in Northern California. And the kids were reading at a third grade reading level in seventh grade. And um, sweet as kid, you know, sweet kids, a lot of behavior issues, a lot of, you know, bomb threats, all sorts of craziness. But um, but the kids were genuinely good at heart. And this little boy said that to me. And because I as I was awakening and as I was learning my self-leadership skills, I started sharing everything with them so that they could learn and about their personality and how to mature their personality and how to have emotional intelligence and on and on and on everything I was learning. And when this little boy said that to me, that was it. I mean, something in me just flipped a switch like I have to share this with people because the trickle down theory it's not working it's not trickling down to this whole masses of people that are suffering and not receiving the the knowledge about navigating their own humanness mm -hmm. and it just really I mean it just became my charge yeah that's awesome do, do you find that that your own self-care is really important in this process. I mean, again, you and I have talked about, about managing energy and how that works as, as a person, as an individual. Do you feel that your own self-care affects your ability to have impact? And, and if you do, what, what aspects or aspects of this, of your self-care practice feel most important to you in order to, to do this work? Yeah, it, it is so important to me. I actually give a whole workshop on it <laughs> and I share all my tools, tips and tales because it's the number one thing that I do. I tell people my full-time job is really keeping my channel, if that's what you want to call it, or the temple or whatever word you have for yourself, uh, keeping it in the highest resonance that it can have. 
because if I don't, if I'm not resonating at a very high vibration or frequency, I can't bring through the high vibrations for my folks, for my clients, whether they're in, um, in a soul direct energy session or at one of my group healing events, or, you know, whether I'm at their event, bringing and enhancing their events, they're accessing what, you know, whatever it is, my self care is paramount. So um, food is absolutely number one food. There are foods that produce fear in the body. There are foods that block the mind. There are foods that clog the um, resonance and frequencies that we really want to be bringing in of love and peace and joy. And, you know, food, 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 food. <laughs> can, can you give some specific examples of that? Sugar, carbs. Oh, oh man, sugar and carbs, big time fear producers, uh, you know, and, and sugar and carbs. And, and for me, I always, um, I typically fast for any event, any client, any, anything I do, I fast on green greens and juices and, um, I can't not eat anything cause it just, my blood sugar gets all wacky. But if I just eat incredibly light and I juice, then it, it allows me to access extremely high frequencies for folks and hold that container so that they can remember their own high frequency nature. So food is very, very important. Uh, sleep, I sleep a, an awful lot and, and um, because the dream time is sort of like my second job and I have access to you know, that which I can barely explain while I'm sleeping. And I get a lot of information um, downloaded and have healed quite a bit through the dream time. And, and if I'm not helping myself, I'm helping other people and all kinds of craziness goes on. So sleep's pretty darn important. And exercise, because I have a ton of energy. So I need, I'm like a dog. I need, I need to take myself <laughs> for a walk every day. And I hike up the mountain. And this man said to me today, you're hiking awfully fast. And I said, well, it's just kind of who I am. And, uh, you know, and I, I sleep in nature every day for about 20 minutes and really just ground out. And it's a way that I can connect to all the elements. And I've been talking to them since I was a child. So it's kind of like visiting my friends. And I live a fairly unplugged life. I live a small life uh, in the sense of a small footprint. And I have, I live a fairly unplugged life. I haven't had a TV in over 10 years and, uh, you know, things like that. And, and I, I socialize, but I do it, um, with, you know, quite a bit of intention and, uh, and whatnot. And so, you know, it's sort of like a, a monk in the world in, in a way it's, it's a, a, a conscious, yes, a very conscious way of being. And I, and I find that I just have to do that so that I can, fully bring myself to whatever I'm offering. Well, and the simplicity of that really lets you focus on where you want to focus and not be distracted by all these many other things going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, I mean, I, I have crafted my life that way, or I should say maybe it's even been crafted that way for me in the sense that, you know, I, I, I don't have children. That was a conscious choice. I knew that when I was very little, like eight years old or something, I remember very clearly one day, I just remember thinking, oh, I'm not to have children. I mean, I just know, knew it. And I was like, wow, that's bizarre. But I remember thinking that. And 
I knew I would write as a child. I knew I'd be a writer. And I mean, I just knew these things. And, you know, and so I think, you know, crafting that sort of a life, it, it's not for everyone. And nobody, not everybody has to choose that. It's just what's wor- what works for me. Mm-hmm. Well, in the course of this work that you're doing, this powerful work, have you, are there obstacles or barriers you've run into in making the impact that you want to have? And I mean, I I pretty much know the answer to that. Of course you have, we all have, but would you share an example of that and, and how you were able to move through it effectively to give people a sense of um, how they might and, and inspire them in, in ways that they might move through something? I'd say fear has been my biggest obstacle my own fear, what I call holy terror. Um, It was the most intense fear. And I've never been a fearful person. I mean, I've done adventure travel my whole life and really wild, crazy stuff and was never afraid. And then I come to this place in my life where I'm like, oh, hey, I'm going to, you know, share my Nate, my true gifts and like holy terror rises in me. And I had to discover, but it was through the terror and the fear that my gifts to heal myself emerged. Mm. So it was really interesting. It was like, here's this fear and terror, Tina. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to sit in it or are you going to figure out how to move through it? And so I started being sung one day, like 15 years ago. Sounds just started emanating out of me. I mean, it was really crazy and I got scared. So I hid in the woods for a long time. And but the through the singing, uh, I began to heal and move the fear through my heart and through uh, and free my heart so that I could get to know the true me that was really kind of underneath all of that fear. So I'd say fear was definitely number one. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big one for a lot of people. So yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And, and, and I still see fear, you know, the more and more I move into, um, my, my work in a bigger way in the world. Uh, now I'm watching fear in other people. Uh, I'm not saying I don't ever have fear, but it's nothing like I used to have. Mm -hmm. It's much more manageable. And now I'm seeing it in other folks. You know, if I want to collaborate with folks or I would like to, um, bring my, my cool fire to their events and, and enhance what they're doing, um, I'm watching competition and this competitiveness in folks rise. I'm watching fears in folks rise um, for survival or their little slice of the pie or whatever it is. And that seems to be really stopping this forward movement of um, because I'm all about transforming folks and getting them to where they need to be. I. I don't, you know, I hope you outgrow me as fast as you possibly can if you're working with me. I I don't want any followers. I'm not looking to glom on to anybody and keep you in some sort of program for six months or blah, blah. You know, that's just not how I work. And I'm not saying it's wrong if you do work that way. What I'm inviting people into is, you know, is there anything clinging inside of you that is fearful that folks aren't going to come back or if you um you know if you share somebody else with these people that might also be beneficial is that going to hurt your business you know can people get past that 
so that we can actually all start working together to really evolve um, consciousness. Well, and that powerful kind of collaboration is just an amazing experience, not just for your clients, but also that, that collaborative effort. But it's also an amazing experience for the practitioners like you and I doing our particular work to just be able to work with someone else and really do that in an integrated, non-fearful way. Um, it just yeah. really brings everybody's gifts into the into the arena, which is fantastic. Right. And it really requires, and this is what I'm finding, it requires, because if you have fear, that in my mind, it means you don't know yourself well enough. You're not standing on solid enough ground that you can't bring somebody else into something you're doing and know exactly where your part is. Mm -hmm. If you don't know where your part is and what you're bringing and you, you get frightened by somebody else coming in, you're just not standing firmly yet in what it is that you're offering. And that's okay. It, it, it's just where you at, you know, you're at and you need to move through that. And so, yeah, when you and I worked together, it was fabulous. I looked at all that stuff you had on those awesome posters and all that. I was like, <laughs> wow, look at all this information. This is incredible. And, and the forward movement you guys made with strategy and planning and this and that. And I just came in and, you know, took that and said, okay, hey, let's integrate that and what might be blocking you so that not you personally, but the other folks in your group, um, what might be blocking your clients from taking all that beautiful information and really grokking it and moving forward. And so, yeah, I thought, you know, when we worked together, it was just, it was effortless. It was wonderful. Yeah, it worked very well. And I'm, yeah, I was delighted to have you involved and it was uh, certainly really well received. So that was a fantastic example of that. Well, is there any particular insight or advice you would share with another business owner who's asking themselves, what kind of positive impact can I have? How can I be a positive influence in the world? What would you share with them as a way of helping them move forward with that? Don't look outside of yourself. Take yourself on what I call a soft vision quest, and um, which could be the beach, and um, and remove your move, remove all distractions from you. So no radio, no 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 phone, no Facebook, no internet, no writing, no writing, um, and just be with yourself in a very quiet way until your truth rises. And this might be something you have to do periodically, you know what I'm saying, until it really bubbles up fully. But you have to be true to yourself. You have to find the thing that you just can't stop talking about. You would talk about it even if nobody was in the room. You have to do it. It doesn't matter if anybody's buying it. It doesn't, none of it matters. It's just that you're so jazzed up about it. And it could be raising squirrels. It doesn't matter what it is. It has to be what really, really speaks to you. And I really um, encourage people to truly do what speaks to them. It doesn't have to look like the other things people are doing. And um, because then it's just fake. And people don't buy fake, they buy your energy. So if you're raising squirrels and you're just super jazzed about it, then that's going to work. 
Yeah, it's a great way of putting it. I think that we don't listen to ourselves enough. It, there's always this temptation to ask one more person what they think or oh. to, yeah, yeah, oh, or to, the death of it all. <laughs> or to sign up for one more program or, uh, yeah. you know, having that clarity within yourself is, is always the, the ultimate goal of really tapping into that wisdom that you have. So what a great way of putting that. Thank you. Yes, and that's that. what I do with people is I get you inside yourself with uh, um, as much ease as we can and as much joy as we can because you have the answers. You know, you might not like them, but you do have the answers. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking about your work and really sharing with us this unique way that you have of approaching um development of enlightenment skills of of being grounded in the scientific perspective and and also being connected with this infinite source of love that you spoke about this this life force and and really fully experiencing ourselves as a way to free the world from fear i mean i'm i uh, i really appreciate the way you've put your business together and and how you've chosen to approach that work so thank you so much for being here today and talking with me about that. Oh, I'm honored, Ursula. You're always so much fun. <laughs> well, I, I feel the same way. So, <laughs> if <Yay>. people, <laughs> so if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? You know, I really encourage them to give me a call. If they've heard something today, they're just like, who is this person? Then give me a call because I firmly believe that we have to have a really good connection and you need to perhaps understand a little bit more about what I offer. So I offer a complimentary call, 20 minutes, you know, we'll just chat. You can ask whatever you need to ask and we'll just, you know, talk about it and, and really see if our hearts connect. I, it's very important to me that whoever I work with on whatever level, whether I'm coming to your event or I'm working with you one-on-one, -on -one, is that we connect uh, heart to heart and you really believe and understand what I'm doing and what I'm about. And I understand what you're doing and what you're about. Mm -hmm. So the call is great. It's 828-329-9589. And it's on my website at Tina firewolf.com so you can email or give me a call and all the events are there there's lots of videos on my website so you can get more information you can see um you know an ignition night which is the fire circle drum circles in action so you can really get an understanding what they are because they're like no other and um, i'll be posting our um a sacred site sound healing video pretty soon so you can get a feeling for what that's like and um, a lot of presentations are on YouTube and, you know, if you just want to get a, a feeling for what it is that I bring and I do, you know, I do bring it in a whole variety of ways because it's just my soul wants to express itself in every realm it can. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like your, your website's a great resource as well as a reminder for the phone number. So yes. That's great. Tina, thank you. Yeah. TinaFireWolf.com. Great. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Tina, for joining, joining us and uh, sharing your work with us today. Yay. Thank you so much. 
So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.